Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. <laughs> Calling Fanny. Yeah, I call Fanny accidentally all the time. Or do you call from your Fanny accidentally? No, I call Fanny from my bum hole. <laughs> <laughs> so immature. <laughs> to everyone from all over the world, Japan, Kenya, Poland, South Africa, Taiwan, Uruguay, wow. Iceland, Hungary. Oh. I mean, wow. You? Well, you know what? We do chicks in history and they come from all over the world. They so do. it doesn't surprise me. I am a little surprised, but I shouldn't be surprised because you know what? Chicks in history in the it's world. And the internet, right? Anyone yep. can listen. Yes, it's so good. Welcome to all those listeners. Thank you for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much to our worldwide audience. We love you. If you'd like to send us a message, yeah, if you'd like to send us a message on Instagram, please send it to us yeah, in let your us native language and yeah. we will reply in your native language. Yeah, you've been doing that, haven't you, mm. lately? That- that Ir- Iranian lady, she yes. sent me, well, I think she liked something um, and she said it, she put a comment in Iranian and then she did English as well. Oh, no, maybe it was just Iranian. So I Google translated it and found that you can put anything you want in Google Translate mm-hmm. and it will translate it for you. So I just copy and paste and we had an entire conversation. It was a bit slow on my end because <laughs> I was writing something in English, getting it in Iranian, copying and pasting it over to her and going back again to get her response, to read her response. And it flowed. Like I knew we had an actual huge conversation. That's so good. So technology, hey, funny you should mention. I mean, that's what this episode's all about today. Welcome to Chickstree, by the way. This is the Chickstree podcast. If you've just... Wonder you've just listened for the first time and you're thinking, who are these people? They haven't even said what the show is. I mean, that's how we roll. We just kind of, we figure, look, if you found us, you know who we are. You know who you're listening to. It's like when people, you know, leave their name on their voicemail. It's like, I know who I've called, you know. Well, do you sometimes? Because you might call the wrong number and then you go through to their voicemail and they say, hi, this is Fanny. And you're like, oh, shit, I didn't mean to call Fanny. Who the fuck is Fanny? That's never happened to me. Well, it's happened to me. So how's your week been? Bit of work on this week. Mm -hmm. I'm still doing my TV show for Channel 9, which actually hasn't got an air date, but it has an air date week which is the 21st of November, which is really, really soon. That's the really week soon. Off. Yeah. That's really soon. But we are still um, editing. We are still, I'm still mm. going in and recording. Right. New vo- new voiceovers and everything. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it, it's cutting, cutting it very fine apparently, but can be done, will be done, will be out soon. You can all watch my big pink hair. And what's it called? Snack Masters. And where can on people watch it? Okay, It'll good. be on Channel 9, so on free to air or catch up. Can't wait. We've got to have a viewing party. You and I watched the UK version. When I first got given this show, um, we, you and I went and watched, 
I think you were staying at my place. That's when you'd hurt yeah. your leg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we were in lockdown, so we thought it's probably best that you come and stay. Yes. Um, and we watched on YouTube all the the episodes, a, a, a few of the episodes from the UK version, which you can't actually find anymore. We've been geo-blocked from them mm-hmm. in this country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the funny thing is, and this is exactly what's going to happen, to our version while we were watching it we had to go and eat the snack that they were the the premise of the show is two chefs having to replicate a a very well-known snack so the ones we watched were domino's Domino's pizza pizza. (laughs) so i mean why did we have to get a pizza fuck me if we didn't have a domino's pizza or two after that jesus (laughs) but it was an interesting because the thing, the great thing about that show is it tells you things that you just didn't know. Like no one, the two chefs that had to replicate the Domino's pizza, um, they got the dough wrong, so, so mm-hmm. wrong. They, there's nothing that they would ever have believed that Domino's proved their dough for two days. Yeah, yeah. Three and what days, about the, um, the pepperoni count? Like remember that yes, they were very, they very serious about the pepperoni count. And very when we got serious. when we got ours, we, we were like ours. How many do we have? There's only supposed to be eleven. There's and yeah, we've that's got right. sixteen. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They've got to be strategically placed. Three per slice. That dough has to be, you know, the right consistency, the right Mm. proving because it has to rise like that Mm. every time. It has to be crispy on the edges and soft inside. And, you know, when we ate it, we were like, oh, my God, it really is. It really is like this. Yeah. Mm, you know yeah. when you're eating a Domino's pizza, a lot of people ride off that kind of pizzas um, and I can see why but mm. at the same time the the one thing that we noticed about that show and that I've noticed making the Australian version is that a lot of people write these foods off as not real foods and they've all got real foods in them. Yes. Like all the ingredients are real. Yeah. You know, they are highly yeah. processed, yes. obviously, but the Domino's one wasn't highly processed. I was shocked that they make their own dough like Tomato- that. And fresh. tomato and sauce. Then- Remember they made the yeah. fresh tomato sauce and bottled it immediately? Yes. Like it was done, it was picked and it was crushed and it was put into a into mm. big plastic bottles yeah. Yeah, yeah. to send yeah. off. Mm. It's like, oh, wouldn't mm. have expected that. No. Huh. So, yeah. It'll be great to have a viewing party and watch that and I'll have to find out what um, episode's going to air first so I can have all the snacks there ready for you. Yeah, nice. Do you know what came up last night in conversation? Remember the zombie movie I did? Yes. I can eat your brains. <laughs> I can smell your brains. Your brains, yeah. that's it. Um, I smell yeah, your the, brains. The, the people I, were at, I was out with last night had no idea about my past um, movie career and they were quite shocked. Um, so we're trying to track it down. Um, it it's was hard called, to find these things. Yeah, isn't it? it was called Bush Zombies. I've tried to track That's it right. down. I, ha- I did it was get on in contact. DVD. Yeah, I did get in contact with my co star, um, Katie, and said, Do you have a copy of this, you know, digitally? Mm. She was only able to find the trailer, which was mm. still very entertaining but um yeah I need to track it down because um that's some of my best and only work um, my pond what's my wrong pond is leaking oh no yeah my fish are all swimming in a little pool in the corner so I've put the oh I've, dear I've, I've sent an email to the to the landlord an urgent my fish are in the corner in a tiny little puddle 
Oh, I don't no. know why. I got up this morning, the pond was filled. Like I look at the pond every mm-hmm. morning mm-hmm. and I went to the dog park, came back, the pond's half empty. That's so peculiar. And my poor little fishies are in there. Like all swimming around in a puddle. Oh, do you it have to keep break my heart? Yeah, do you have to keep putting water in it just to? I've put top I've it put up. The hose in. Oh, and good the idea. hose is just. Okay. I don't know water. where the leak is, is coming from. I don't mm. know how much it's losing, but I'm I'm hopefully putting in the right amount. But I have sent an e- urgent email so everyone knows. I will let you know le- next week just how quickly the pond professor comes because that's what his he is. His name is Peter the Pond Professor. He's a very judgy, judgy man, and when he comes, he's going to judge the shit out of me. Right. It's going to be your fault, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be what have you done and why I've just put this pond, new pond bit in and why is it filled with mole, um, fung, mung, what is it? Fungus. No, 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 no. No, the green stuff. Uh, moss. Algae. Algae. Yeah. yeah, it's all green. The mm. whole fo- Bottom, and he he did say that would happen because he said that does happen. I am going to get in trouble. (laughs) Peter, Peter's going to come and yell at me. I've been watching a really amazing show and I texted you about it and you said that, yes, you'd watched it before. And 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 I just wanted to mention it because I just think it's one of the cleverest things I've seen in a very long time and I just loved the whole idea of, of it and mm. um, it's called Soulmate. It's on Amazon. It's actually called Soulmates. Sorry, it's called Soulmates. It's on Amazon Prime and it's uh, about, it's set in like 2025 and it's about they've found the soulmate gene and you can take a test and you can get matched with your soulmate. And every episode is about different scenarios. So, for example, mm. a married couple one person may have taken the test and the other one didn't know. Um, yeah. Some people find out their soulmate has passed away. So what happens yeah. then? Some people pretend to be someone's soulmate. Yeah. So it's very just what can happen. Some people have gotten married before the soulmate test was found. Exactly. And then you go through the should we get it done? No, of course we shouldn't get it done. We are each other's soulmates, but it uh-huh. sits in the back of their heads going, totally. what if this isn't my soulmate? What yes. if my soulmate is better than this? Yeah. And every argument they have, that that starts to fester. Yes. Yeah. yeah it is. It is actually a really great show. Yeah, it's brilliant. And um, Sarah Snook is in the first episode that I watched. I actually yeah. thought she was in the whole thing, but um, she's yeah. only – so there's different stories. Each episode yeah. is a completely new story. Yes, um, yes completely new, which and, is such a great concept yeah. to have the same theme with different stories around it. Yeah, yeah. And um, I liked the Professor one. Yes, same. That was that had a real twist to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was a very good one. The one where the death the death yes, one the cult. death mates. Yes, mm, yeah. That was an interesting one. But good. I watched it when it first first came out, which was about about 18 months ago. Right. Okay. During our first lockdown. And I watched it and binged it. Yeah. Um, but funnily, I can't remember the others at all. Uh-huh. But I can remember the the Sarah Snook one. I remember the Professor one and I remember the Death one really, really right. well. Yeah. Because they stuck out to me. Yeah, it's very good. So yeah, go go look it up. Soulmates it's called. And you can just, yeah, dip in and out. You don't have to keep watching the whole thing. Watch an episode here mm-hmm. and there. It's 
great. Mm. Um, the other mm. thing I would I've you been... just just to ask to go on that? Mm. Would you do the test? Oh, yes. You'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Would you? You would have that blood ready to go. <laughs> I pricked my finger you already. In, I've you, done. you go in with a vial of blood. How much do you need? <laughs> what um, about you? I once, I once may have, but no, I don't think I would now. I would at this age go. Well, what if he's dead? What if he is a mm. she? What if he is? Um, what if he, she is married? What if you know? Um, mm-hmm. 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 You know, there'd be just so much complication that I just I don't think I could deal with the stress. Yeah. Fair enough. I know because there is one episode where she, it does turn out to be a she. Yeah, someone that's takes right. the test and they realise that their soulmate is actually a woman, woman. Uh, which is interesting. Another you know interesting yeah. um, storyline. But yeah, I'd take the test. I'd fucking take that test in a heartbeat. I would actually hope it would be a woman for me. Would you I'd be like, oh really? I'm finally going to be attracted to women. That would be wonderful. Because you know, I always say if I could choose to. My yeah. sexuality, I would choose to be gay. Yeah, yeah, same, same. I know. I, I almost tried the 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 guys when I went away the other weekend with the lovely three gay men. They all tried to convince me to be that I was a lesbian or I should be a lesbian. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not. I like dick. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I like crusty. Don't gross no. dicks. <laughs> Sorry if you just tuned in. If you if you've tried to skip forward past all of our waffling and you've just you've just tuned, tuned, tuned in to crusty crusty gross dick gross dick. Um, no, the other thing I wanted to mention as a bit of a reco is uh, a new podcast called Believe Her, and it's really good. It's about a uh, a woman who was abused physically, mentally um, by Mm. her husband um, Mm. for a very, very long time. There were lots of different signs that, you know, this was happening. She reached out to a lot of different people. Uh, She ends up shooting him and and killing him and she goes to to jail. And it's a very interesting look at when, you know, the victim of domestic abuse ends up being the criminal the the perpetrator perpetrator. and and normally what should happen in that scenario is that she should be dead because he has Mm. won but Mm. she's not she's alive and he's dead so Mm. there's this really interesting kind of conversation around Mm. is she a murderer is she Mm. should she be treated like you know, should she be given a life sentence in jail because because of sort of everything that's kind of come before? So it's yeah, it's really um, heartbreaking and but but fascinating to um, to listen to. Uh, you know, that and she be. she had two children, um, and she just did it to protect her kids. You know, mm. she she thought it was either him or me that night, and and that's yeah. that's that's the way it went. It could have gone the other way, but that's the way yep, it went. Absolutely, and yeah. It often um, doesn't go that way, does it? And it, it often doesn't go that way, you know, and then and then all these people, you know, come out and they're like, I, I knew it. Like it was a matter, just a matter of time before it was one or the other. One or the other, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's called oh, Believe Her. fascinating. If you are loving this podcast, why don't you rate and review us? That's it. Also follow us now. I think it's called follow. It's not subscribe yeah, anymore. There's a little plus button. Just yeah. push it. 
follow us and you'll get a little tick and we'll be like, there you go, followed. Yeah, Boom, give us done. five stars. Also, you can follow us on Instagram. We're at Chickstery underscore podcast. And we're also now on TikTok because that's what all the cool kids are doing. Yeah. At Chickstery Podcast. Bougie. Ratchet. Okay. This week we are doing chicks in tech. Women in tech, chicks in tech. McGurk. Um, <laughs> that's my new sign on. McGurk. Welcome to Chicks in Tech. McGurk. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I have, I've done a little bit of research. I've looked kind of at the bit of a timeline, the history of, um, and it was um, interesting to see that a few of the people I came across we've done on the podcast before, which is good. Mm. So we yeah. kind of can revisit a few of those um, as we as we go through history. So, um, so despite the constant barrage of obstacles, female scientists mm. and mathematicians have persisted through the ages, as we know, and many people wouldn't be aware that many of the pioneers of early computer programming are women. Mm. The origins of tech, of women in tech, date back to mm-hmm. the 1700s. Nicole Reen Lepotre, a French mathematician and astronomer, predicted the return of Halley's Comet by calculating mm-hmm. the timing of a solar eclipse. Mm-hmm. Her and her team worked on the predictions for six months and arrived at the conclusion that the comet would arrive on the 13th of April, 1759. She was wow. almost precisely accurate when it arrived on the 13th of March, 1759. She was one month out to the day. Wow. I bet she kicked herself too for getting oh, that month out. Right? Mm. Throughout the next century, uh, so through the 1800s, there were still lots and lots of obstacles for women in tech. Although women were allowed to attend colleges and study science and maths, uh, and they were also allowed to teach science and maths, female faculty, faculty members in colleges were actually forced to resign if they got married. Um, So we know that it's no surprise that throughout history women have consistently been placed in difficult and unfair situations that their male counterparts haven't had to endure. (laughs) Women could pursue a career teaching in maths uh, or science, but having a career and a marriage simply wasn't an option. (sighs) Throughout the 1800s, some women made monumental achievements, including some we've featured on the podcast before. Ada Lovelace, uh, who's widely recognised as the first computer programmer, but her contributions were only recognised in the 1950s. Another pioneering woman in tech is Mariah Mitchell, who we've also featured. Yep, we did her. We did her. Uh, She was the first American scientist to discover a comet. Yep. Uh, and alongside uh, Mariah and Ada, uh, Anna Winlock, who was involved in the production of astronomical data at Harvard, Henrietta mm-hmm. Swan Leavitt, who is thought to have discovered variable stars helping to explain the expansion of the universe. In the 19th century, the Industrial Revolution, as well as the two world wars, meant that a lot more opportunities opened up for women. Then this is fascinating because women really had their moment in the sun. Like it was was a renaissance of women in technology because all the men 
went to war and a lot of women gained experience in um, early engineering, um, having to work in machinery, with machinery in large factories and as telephone operators. By 1900, 80% of telephone operators were women and they continued to make up the majority of operators until the 1960s. For some women, their impact was more mathematical. Crete Herman's thesis, the question of finitely many steps in polynomial ideal theory. <laughs> Published, oh, yeah, I'm like, I'm laughing because I, I know say? the woman I'm doing today has a lot of words that like are that? going to be yeah. really hard to pronounce. <laughs> like know. it's a whole, it's a whole other, other world. Language. And they there are going to be women or people who are listening to our podcast and going, oh, yeah, I know how to pronounce that. Polynomial. I don't know how many of you are going to be out there, but mm. I apologise for both of us yes. at the moment because this whole theme this episode is just filled with words we do not use and sometimes have never heard of. Totally. It's bloody tricky. So that was so that book was published in the 19, late 1920s and was key was key in establishing algorithms for abstract algebra which laid the foundations for modern computer algebra as we know it today. Yep. Um, during World War II, women were encouraged to take on numerous wartime jobs and one of these jobs was to work as a human computer, calculating ballistics by hand so that the military yep. could determine firing angles. By the mid-1940s, there were around 100 female mathematicians quite literally performing the functions of computers mm. and calculating relentless trajectory calculations yep. by hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. The Bletchley Park code-breaking operation during World War II is a key moment in time for opportunities for women working in science, analysis, and mathematics. That's a movie, isn't it, The Bletchley Circle? The Bletchley Circle. Yes. Um, It's a TV show, I think. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it's a series and very popular, like well done apparently. The operation consisted of nearly 10,000 people and around 75% were women. Yet Mm -hmm. these women were not formally recognised as analysts as their male counterparts were. They were instead asked to describe their jobs as secretarial. Oh, my God, I'd cut a bitch. No, I'd cut a bastard. 1945 was a milestone year because it was when the first computer programmers emerged and they were all female. The most skilled human computers were employed by the leaders of the U.S. Army's ENIAC project to set up a machine to produce ballistics tables. The women that were hired were Kathleen McNulty, Betty Jean Jennings, Frances Billis, Elizabeth Sider Holberton, Marilyn Wescoff, and Ruth Leitcherman. They were referred oh, yeah. to as the ENIAC girls and their work revolutionised computer programming. Have we ever heard of one of those women before? Not one. Not a one. Not a one. So the 20th century produced many amazing female role models in computer science. Dr. Grace Hopper, she was one of the most influential computer scientists of all time. She created the first accessible computer programming language in English. Um, Mm. She was told that her idea for a new programming language using English words would never work because computers didn't understand English. 
She never gave up. She persisted and it was eventually recognised. Annie Easley, her job was to do computations by hand for researchers. She later worked as a computer programmer supporting NASA. Hedy Lamarr, who we've also done, done, inventor and actress, who is credited for inspiring the modern Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Adele Goldberg, she was a prolific computer scientist. Um, her yeah. programming language, Smalltalk 80, inspired the first Apple computer. Reportedly, that was one I was almost going to do. Yeah. For chicken history. There were, I liked and, you know, her. there are so many. Amazing. There's there? so many to choose yeah. from. Like, I, it, there really was so many to choose from. Yeah, yeah. So reportedly reluctant to show Steve Jobs the language when he asked for a demonstration, yes. she eventually did and her ideas formed the basis for the Apple desktop computer. Yeah, apparently without her, the Apple desktop computer wouldn't look the way it looks. You know, Apple computers have a specific look. Yes. Apparently that all came came down to Adele Goldberg. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Um, So as kind of history went on and despite the progressive movements due to um, the suffragettes and highlighting inequality for women in the 20th century, women were still constantly faced with inequalities in the workplace. Um, Namely, they were called spinsters, which characterised career-focused women as social deviates of marriage (laughs) and family life. Jeez. The 1970s were a very bad time for women in tech because there was growing evidence that this was the decade when government and industry started to realise the sheer power of computers in top-level jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, so women, all the women were phased out of jobs in tech and replaced by men. <sighs> With updated... all downhill by from there. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. Yep. With updated and more advanced well, job titles. Why would you do that? I know. Why? Imagine how much more advanced we'd be now and how much more advanced we would have been earlier mm-hmm. had they not done that. Yeah, we just keep the women doing it. Yeah, keep them. Because clearly them. they've Train done, new ones, train done, new men, train, like, in, you know, have men come in, mm-hmm. um, but keep those amazing. Well, don't phase them out, phase them out. Why would you phase out anyone that's successful? Mm-hmm. Mm. Like that's just, you may as well grab a gun and shoot yourself in the foot. (laughs) Well said, Ms. Jones. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so by the end of the the, um, 20th century, the tech industry was dominated by men and men accounted for 70% of computer science graduates. The 21st century has largely been characterised by consistent attempts to reduce the gender gap in tech and attract more women into working in various tech sectors. Mm. Despite mm-hmm. this, statistics in the Women in Tech survey in 2019 have shown that women still only make up just mm. over a quarter of the tech industry. There's clearly still a long way to go to reach gender equality in the tech industry, mm. but if the long history of women's consistent persisting and pioneering involvement in the industry is anything to go by. The 21st century has the power and potential to go down in history as the decade that truly tackled the gender gap in tech. It's no wonder women are just Mm -hmm. fucking exhausted. I know. We just are over (laughs) fighting for... Our place. Our place. place. That we had. We should not have to fight. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we and there is such a place for us and we we were already in a, 
a real momentous mm-hmm. movement. Mm-hmm. Like it was mm-hmm. rolling and it was rolling well. Yep. Why fuck that up? Why? I also want to just do a quick shout out to a chick in the now that we did, that oh. you did actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, you didn't mention her then, but you will remember her. Her name was Lissy Kane. She's a video games producer currently making waves in the industry. She was recognized by Forbes in its prestigious top 30, 30 under 30. Did she do Girls Who Code? Yeah, Girls Who Code. Yeah, and she is yeah. the only Australian to make the who's who yes. of the global gaming his- industry. Yeah. So I just wanted to do a little shout out to her. She was yeah. in our second season. I can't remember which episode, but she was one of our chicks in the now. Yeah, we, we, we've we had a lot of women through our podcast that have done a lot to do with tech. We have. We definitely have. And, you know, and I work at a, I work at a tech education provider. Mm. Um, you know, we offer diversity and tech scholarships to, to women. You do. Um, yeah. For this very reason, because of the just... Yes complete disparity and what we see with women just not not applying given, for yeah, yeah. you know not even enrolling. thinking they could or should imply uh, um apply yeah. for that kind of thing yeah. and it needs to it needs to be put out there that there's a certain brain that's just as good as a male brain mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what the gender of you is mm. if you have that kind of brain that brain that finds it so effortless to do mathematics and, co- you know, everything that goes with that and mm. science, um, then, you know, we need to encourage that. We need to support these babies, these children. Yeah. It really should be so such a genderless thing because just like we've learned in Women in Trades, um, when you look at a job done, you do not know the gender of the tradesperson who's done it. You can assume that it's a man, but mm. you cannot tell the gender of a job, of who did that job. So you, yeah. it's the same, you know, in in most of the things we talk about, like we talked about women in literature, they had to change their names, use pseudonyms, male names, you mm-hmm. know, because you it doesn't matter where, you know, you you come from or how you were raised. If your brain is is that way inclined, yeah. nurture it. Yes, yeah. And there's also a big misconception that, to be a coder, you have to be really good at maths. Like we constantly have this discussion with potential students because it's actually, yeah, it's good to know a little bit of maths, but it's actually problem solving. So it's if you're a really good problem right. solver and you know how to solve problems and you are tenacious and you are like, mm-hmm. I need to, what, like, I think you would be a really good coder because you are mm. like a dog with a bone. Like if something doesn't, yep. isn't working, you mm-hmm. will, you'll do, you got to find out. Like you have to yep. be like, but why? Like I've plugged that in there and that's not working and it should be working. And, you know, you will It'll just. keep me up at night. Yeah. Until you find, and that is what a coder does. That's what a programmer does. It looks, right. it, it solves, you're solving problems all the time. So my right, chicken. Code. So my chick in the now, um, her name's Kate Crawford. She is a leading scholar of the social and political implications of artificial intelligence. Over her 20-year career, her work has focused on understanding large-scale data systems, machine learning and AI and the wider context of history, politics, labour and the environment. She has done this 
amazing collaborative creative visual project called Anatomy of an AI System and it's currently it's a, it's in the permanent collection of MoMA the Museum of Modern mm, Art yep. in New York and basically what it is is and you can you can look it up you can go to um just anatomy of dot ai and mm-hmm. it's a map of what happens when we tell a smart device to do something so something like oh. um amazon echo or like our google home and i just found this absolutely fascinating so she says a brief command and a response is the most common form of engagement with this consumer voice enabled ai device like your amazon echo or your google home but in this fleeting moment of interaction a vast matrix of capacities is evoked interlaced chains of resource extraction human labor and algorithmic algorithmic processing across networks of mining logistics distribution prediction and optimization the scale of this system is almost beyond a human imagining with each interaction alexa is training to hear better to interpret more precisely to trigger actions that map to the user's commands more accurately and to build a more complete model of their preferences habits and desires yes what is required to make this possible Put simply, each small moment of convenience, be it answering a question, turning on a light or playing a song, requires a vast planetary network fueled by the extraction of non-renewable materials, labour and data. The scale of resources required is many magnitudes greater than the energy and labour it would take a human to operate a household appliance or a flick of a switch. A full accounting for these costs is almost impossible, but it is increasingly important that we grasp the scale and scope if we are to understand and govern the technical infrastructures that thread through our lives. Isn't that fascinating? Like, yeah, I, I have, I have known that, and I've always found that really fascinating. That when I got my um, first iPhone, and then you got to the point where you could use Siri on your iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, I found Siri really clunky. Um, she wouldn't listen to me properly. And then I read that the more you use her, mm-hmm. the more she knows you, how you speak, what you need, what your algorithms yes. are. Yes. You've got to, she's a, a muscle that you need to get stronger and stronger. Yeah. And so I've always found that really fascinating. And it's funny because there's another. Do you remember that movie? Oh, I always think of this movie, Her, with mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix yes. yep. and um, Scarlett Johansson, and how he has an AI, mm-hmm. and how it's just it's such a heartbreaking movie at the end because yes. she leaves him because she's too intelligent. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and how broken he is from it. And I often think about Siri and how yeah. I wonder if Siri's ever going to leave me when I'm. You know when she's moved on, she's like she was. Too smart. I didn't know that she's having a million conversations as well as the one with yeah. me. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's it's yeah, it is interesting. I mean, that's machine learning, right? That is that mm-hmm. is the epitome of teaching machines how to learn. Um, yeah. What's really interesting, we had a talk on this um, at school the other day, and we, you know, when you do those you have to pick the traffic lights, or you have to pick the bikes or the buses in the picture. So you have to click yeah. on the squares. Yeah, so yeah, that, no, I'm not a robot. Yeah, so what that's actually doing is there's a woman who actually created that and it's um, we are teaching computers 
how to recognize uh, objects. So every time we do it, we are saying, we're telling the computer that is the traffic light, that is a um, a motorbike, that is a bus. So that and then that goes into the um, computer's learning or, you know, learning algorithms too. And, and because everyone's doing that right across the world all day, mm-hmm. every day, the amount of data that's been collected from mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. enormous. So then it yeah. starts building these, the machines are learning. We're teaching them how to learn. I just mm-hmm. think I had no idea that that was the purpose yeah. of those things. I was oh, like, no. oh, I've, I've just got to prove that I know what that is. But actually we are teaching the computer to learn yes. what that is. Yes, right. Well, that goes very well with my chicken history. Who right. Actually could be a chicken the now because she's still alive, but she is a programmer and network engineer. Great. So you'll be interested to know what she's developed. Her name's Radia Joy Perlman, mm-hmm. and she was born in 1951. Uh, she grew up in Lock Arbor, New Jersey, and she's Jewish. Both of her parents worked as engineers for the U.S. government. Her father um, worked on radar and her mother was a mathematician by training uh, who worked as a computer programmer. Um, during her school years, she found maths and science to be fascinating and effortless. Yeah, Just, right. She had that brain. You know, yeah. shut it in. Mm-hmm. She shut it in. in. <laughs> Um, she's most famous for her invention of the spanning tree protocol, STP. Oh. Do you want to know what spanning tree protocol is? Is this where the trees talk to each other? Yes. 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 It's a uh, network protocol that builds a, la- builds a loop-free logical topology for Ethernet Networks, yeah. I told you there's a lot of words in this. You just sounded super smart. Uh, The basic function of the STP, we'll call it the Spanning Tree Protocol, is to prevent bridge loops and the broadcast radiation that results from them. Spanning Tree also allows a network design to include backup links, providing fault tolerance if an active link fails. I don't know what any of that means. Okay, so anyway, she um she it, it's actually it's a fundamental it's a it's it is fundamental STP to the operation of network bridges. Okay, so if you want to know what network if there's at any point in this if you want to know what the hell I'm talking about, I can go over into the internet and have a look for you because it is all explained. Um, there are going to be some ears I... listening to this episode and going, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but. We are the average Joe. Yes. And if at any moment you go, I do want to know what that means, yeah. just let me know. Otherwise, let me keep going. Okay, I've got to stop you there because when you said trees, I thought you meant real trees. Yeah, no, no. You know no, how there's like a the family thing, tree. Yeah, I know. But you know how there's the thing where the trees talk to each other? There's actually a thing in science where trees, they've found out that trees talk to each other through um radio waves and signals have you heard that before no so the trees will the trees talk to each other through roots and through their bioelectric and that's why i thought she created that but it's not it's a tree as in you know who'd know about that don't you who the indigenous people they told us that a long time ago 100 percent. so stp right is that what you said yeah i've seen that stp protocol Yes, I've STP. seen that. When well, you... it is spanning tree protocol, so well, it's not STPP. That'd no. be like ATM machine machine. 
But I've definitely come across that when you I've had to do that. a help desk okay. with my internet and they're like, okay. what's your STP set at? And I'm yes. like, well, oh, you're gonna, God. We're all going to actually understand. We're, we're all going to hear uh, letters like that yeah. through this. HTP. Go, oh, HTTP. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. Stay, stay with me. Yeah. Um, Perlman is the uh, is the author of a textbook on networking and co-author of another on network security. She holds more than 100 issued patents. She was a fellow at Sun Microsystems and has and has taught courses at the University of Washington, Harvard University, and MIT. Just a couple Just a of few. little schools yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and has been the keynote speaker at the events all over the world, at those events all over the world. Mm. Perlman is the recipient of awards such as a Lifetime Achievement Awards from UCINEX, UCINEX mm-hmm. and the Association for Computing Machinery Special Interest Group on Data Communication, or SIGCOM as they're known. Yeah, good old SIGCOM. Okay, so <laughs> Perlman invented the spanning tree algorithm and the spanning tree protocol while working as a consulting engineer at Digital Equipment Corporation, DEC, in 1984. Mm. She was tasked with with developing a straightforward protocol which enabled network bridges to locate loops in a local area network, Mm -hmm. LAN, L-A-N. LAN. Look at your modem. It was required that the protocol should use a constant amount of memory when implemented in the network devices, regardless of how large the network was. Building and expanding bridged networks were was difficult because loops where more than one path leads to the same destination could result in the collapse of the network. So this is really fascinating because now we know why and how much trouble they must have had where our networks were just collapsing. Collapsing, yes. Your internet's down. Yeah. Yeah. That's your network has just collapsed. Yes. Because. There's no tree. There are paths that lead to the same destination. So, so many going in the same direction, yeah, they would lead to collapse. Jam. So she was tasked with fixing this. Wow. Uh, redundant paths in the network meant that a bridge could forward a frame in multiple directions. Mm-hmm. Therefore, loops could cause Ethernet frames to fail to reach their destination, thus flooding the network. Perlman utilised the fact that bridges had unique 48-bit MAC addresses and devised a network protocol so that bridges within the LAN communicated with one another. The algorithm implemented on all bridges in the network allowed the bridges to designate one root bridge in the network. Each bridge then mapped the network and determined the shortest path to that root bridge, deactivating the other redundant (laughs) paths. It's incredible. How does you Despite think of that? that? I know. A brain. A brain. 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 Your brain. <laughs> your smart brains. I can smell your smart, smart brains. Despite Perlman's concerns that it took the spanning tree protocol about a minute to react when changes in the network topology occurred, mm-hmm. during which time a loop could bring down the network, it was standardised as 802.1D. I don't know. 
you know, the old 802. It was standardised. Yeah. yeah. It was standardised okay. as that by the Institute of Electrical God, we have um, really and Electronics Engineers. More than we can chew this episode. We really have. But that's okay. It, We're all learning. We're learning. Yeah, we are. And you know what? I kept thinking while I'm researching for this, fuck me, I don't know what the hell I'm reading. But you know what? Hopefully someone that's listening does. And we're there. We're we're doing that episode finally. Yeah, for, for the, them, for the smart people. You're welcome. Perlman said that the benefits of the protocol amount to the fact that you don't have to worry about topology when changing the way a LAN is interconnected. Perlman was has, however, criticised changes which were made in the course of the standardisation of the protocol. So she should. She's probably gone, no, don't make it. It's not that simple, Dals. Yeah, you can't just come in here um, and phase me out. <laughs> I would like to now read something that she wrote for mm. the paper, an algorithm for distributed computation, computation of a spanning tree in an extended LAN. Please do. Um, I mean, I, yep. This is going to blow your mind a little bit because okay, this is I'm written ready. by... A, this is not going to be what you expect okay. at all. This, all right. this is what she wrote. Okay. This is a brainiac. Okay. Algerheim. I think that I shall never see a graph more lovely than a tree, a tree whose crucial property is loop-free connectivity, a tree which must be sure to span so packets can reach their every LAN. First the root must be selected by ID it is elected. Least cost paths from root are traced. In the tree these paths are placed. A mesh is made by folks like me, then bridges find a spanning tree. Didn't expect that, did you? Fuck off. She's not only She put it into a poem. She put it into a poem to make it easy to understand. Stand. I, I love still this don't woman. understand it, but it's a poem. Me neither. <laughs> yep. Um, and then she she did a lot of other things: advanced research projects network agency or up ARPANET. Oh yeah, yeah, they're better known. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's specialized on network and security protocols, and while working for Oracle, she obtained more than fifty patents. More. Yeah, on top more. of the other. Yeah, on top of the other stuff. Oh, my god! She was elected as a member of the National Academy of Engineering in 2015 Duh. for contributions to internet routing and bridging protocols. More recently, she has invented the TRILL protocol to correct some of the shortcomings of spanning trees. She is currently employed by Dell. Wow, Dell, you're so lucky. So lucky. God, I hope you're paying and her. millions of dollars and if you ever want to go and see radia just go down to your local cafe she does poetry night (laughs) every monday she's there reading poems about about routing protocols and oh god amazing amazing we made it i have no idea what she's done yeah we god she's done it well love that she wrote a poem 
the palm. And you know what? You know, do you remember the, the movie Never Been Kissed? Yes. Remember Drew Barrymore ends up being friends with Lily Sabisky's character and they are all in the mathletes? Yes. They're mathletes. Yep. Uh-huh. And they have their own little jokes. I kept thinking while I was reading that about her palm. So true. You know, there's all these little in-jokes that they yeah. have. Oh, my God. That's so good. We probably just made an absolute dog's breakfast of all yeah. of that. But And we're yeah. sorry if you are a programmer, if you are a coder, a web developer, if you're yeah. into any yeah. of that stuff and we any have completely that. screwed that up, please, we're sorry. Don't, don't we, add please us. Ex- <laughs> yeah. Accept our apologies. And if anything, please laugh. Laugh your heads off at our pronunciations of things. Laugh your head off at at just the fact that we were so, you know, we really were a fish trying to climb a tree just then. We really were. So enjoy us and and know that we really did try to understand what the fuck we were talking about we just did. then. But we, did. we didn't. But we did. At, at, at the same point, we we understood the magnitude of incredible success of these women. Yeah. We did what and that's Yeah, we did what this podcast is supposed to do, which is shine a light on the women from history that are often overlooked. And this woman, Mrs. Pellman, Miss Pellman. Mm-hmm. Have we'll never Ms. Perlman. Have never heard of her. So we've done that. We've done our job. We've we've yeah. highlighted her. We've said she's done a few things with the computers and the internets. That's that's all that that's all we need to know. Um, that's oh, that's good. That was really good. Yes, yes. Thank you. We we salute all of these women that we've spoke about today. Yeah, and thank it's, you for and uh, is, existing. Yeah, and it is bloody frustrating. It's so true, you know, that, that when we went to research this, there were so many women to choose from, and it was extraordinary. Again, you know, it was like when we learnt that the women, women were responsible for the agricultural revolution. You know, it's yeah. like women are responsible yeah. for, for so the many. scientific. Computer revolution. Yeah. and Yeah, absolutely. Blows my mind. Where's that in the history box? I've got an idea yeah. for next week's yes. theme. Yes, yes. From laughing at us yes. just then and yep. our pronunciations of things. How about we do women in linguistics? Jesus. You know, women who've come up with things like sign language or whatever, okay. you know, like languages, yeah. linguistics, women in how language. to communicate something. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think that would be a good one. That's good. All right. We can't wait to see you all again. I mean, not see you, but be in your ears Talk to you. again next week. Yeah. Until then. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 